You are now listening to Ridge Talks, the podcast created by students for students. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Ridge Talks podcast. Uh, today, our topic is tech. I'm here with Drew. Hello. Um, and we're going to get right into some topics. So, Drew, you have some topics written down. Do you want to start on some of your topics first? Yeah, sure. Do you want to go over tech or gaming stuff first? Let's start off with gaming. All right. So one of a uh, few things I have is the different games that will be coming out within the next like couple weeks, mm-hmm. which would be Call of Duty Vanguard coming out November 5th, Halo Infinite coming out November 15th, Forza Horizon 5 November 5th, and then Battlefield 2042 actually came out five days ago. Okay, awesome. And these games, are they going to be available? like on console only or are they like a steam release do you know um all of them i believe are going to be on playstation xbox and pc okay okay cool but i and uh one more note i had is god of war is going to be releasing on pc next year oh wow yeah that's really interesting actually so um they're moving away from the playstation exclusive yeah i think that's most likely a marketing tactic yeah um, probably because pc is insane right now mm-hmm. yeah this week something known as the facebook papers were leaked and uh these are a trove of basically leaked internal documents these documents basically expanded on and added to issues brought up by the now infamous whistleblower francis hogan this lady worked at she was an employee at Uh, Facebook before she left and then started whistleblowing. So the papers basically describe Facebook as suppressing like an internal integrity team that tried to limit the spread of harmful content to the platform. And I'm going to play devil's advocate for Facebook right now because I don't think that that's the whole picture. Of course, she released all this um, information in forms of like letters and internal documents, um, and it gets really uh, business side from then on. It's kind of interesting um, how all this is getting released and how it's pretty similar to like the history of Facebook. How it seems to always have some Facebook big always event. has some sort of security yeah. issue, yeah, security flaw or issue or anything kind of related to that. But at the end of the day, people are still on Facebook. Facebook owns Instagram, so it, it's the same thing on there and speaking of that i believe instagram is actually trying to pull away from facebook right now because mm-hmm. of how much security issues they've had mm-hmm. so instagram is worried that they're going to start having those security issues since their branding and their entire um, networking is now run by facebook so they're worried that that'll turn on to them now yeah and uh i think it was like maybe a week or two ago um both facebook and instagram and also whatsapp all went down for basically six hours yeah and twitter was one of the only social media platforms still open so that's where people were um talking about the outages from there and facebook has mentioned in um, the past about wanting to change their name or uh, have a like a father company that owns facebook just so they can can have a name change because of like all the bad press towards the name of Facebook. They want to run from the name, basically. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I wouldn't be surprised if um, Instagram uh, wants to kind of take a couple steps back from combining with Facebook. I think what would be smart is if, um, like, let's say Amazon bought out Instagram, Mm -hmm. because then they would own Twitch and Instagram, and they can incorporate something like that, where maybe they have Instagram live streaming with gaming. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, There's definitely been times where I've wanted to live stream on Instagram, but um, I couldn't, like, live stream my uh, computer screen or anything. So it'd be kind of cool to see um, those two companies either... Uh, partner up or um, kind of combined, and I yeah. I know definitely Amazon has the um, oh they definitely power have the money to do for that it. yeah most definitely Jeffrey's got all the money <laughs> yeah um, speaking about Facebook and social medias uh, the Oculus Pros 
um, which is a form of VR headsets. These are, there have been leaks that have been posted on Reddit and it looks to be a wireless uh, VR headset and it seems to have a docking station to charge at. So what do you think your initial um, opinions are on VR? Well, currently they have the Oculus Quest, which mm-hmm. is already a wireless. But if they have something that would hook up to a charging station, I think they could like expand their mm-hmm. um, storage because the Quest can only go up to like... I think it's 256 gigabytes or something like that. Yeah. Which for a lot of people who play big games, that's mm-hmm. not a lot anymore. That's like three games. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm hoping that maybe with this uh, wireless, they can actually expand that. Or mm-hmm. maybe they have uh, an ability to be able to add add-ons to expand the storage. Uh, for sure. I think that the avenue of, of VR has, I think it's been popularized when it first came out with like the HTC Vive and yeah. like those types of uh, hardware that were released. But Personally, I'm not really into VR just because, I mean, it's just not something that is like, I feel as though it's cost benefit for me. Yeah. Um, Because the experience of VR is much different and I haven't experienced it yet, but I I think that it's just something to explore later on for me, at least. Something more explore like later on whenever you're like out of high school and you have a Mm -hmm. decent income and something you can just flirt a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And there's there's, um, like... There's things that I find to be more important than uh, playing games in virtual reality. And I want to wait until the technology gets better before I really experience it. Well, speaking of uh, virtual reality, Elon Musk is working on a full dive VR system, which takes you into the game completely and you don't feel anything outside of that game. Wow. So it'll basically make your entire body into the game. I don't know how he's going to do that um, or if that's possible. And that uh, that seems like a really big step. And it might be the VR I I would want to experience but i don't know how like we don't know how close that yeah we don't know how close it is or how expensive Mm -hmm. it'll be or what the cause like dangers of it would Mm -hmm. be because something that would take your mind into a video game can obviously be very dangerous yeah talking about elon musk tesla withdrew from their self-driving beta from supported cars due to software issues but recently there's been news of car like tesla cars crashing due to them being on self-driving and it seems to me like they're just using that as basically like an excuse to turn it off after um, all of that harsh driver feedback of having that self-driving beta surfaced. Yeah, that so. was kind of like the entire point of a Tesla was the yeah. self-driving mm-hmm. aspect of it. And if they take that away, then it's just it's just mm-hmm. an electric car with a big screen. Yeah. And that self-driving, uh, the functionality of it is is really weird. So um, it'll only let you, there's only beta tests available out right now. And it's not fully automated like it's uh, advertised to be. So you have to keep your hands on the wheels. Yeah. Uh, you have to pay attention to things. If there's collision warnings, the car will automatically like slow down to and stop. Uh, so there's just a bunch of issues when it comes to how the software is kind of made to begin with. So very interesting to see them kind of uh, yeah. take it down. Do they still have the autopilot? It or is that like their auto driving completely gone? Um, I think it's just their self driving beta, which allows them to. So, yeah. um, I think I'm pretty sure when you buy a Tesla, you can choose uh, to have that self driving feature, which is like ten thousand um, dollars. Yeah, added to the price. Pilot. Yeah, and um, that's a steep price. But when you see the words like automated driving or self automated driving, your interest. Yeah, it does. 
and uh, it's been a big selling point for yeah. Tesla. So um, I don't know if the like autopilot as a whole is gone. Um, but I would assume that's is. still there because that's something that they've had that you definitely need to be more hands on with for yeah. um, it stops working after a certain amount of time and you mm-hmm. have to still um, have your hands on the hands wheels, on the yeah. wheel still in the seat. It's mm-hmm. not like something with the autopilot where you can be sitting in the passenger seat and the car will still move. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, Intel's 12th generation Alder Lake processors will arrive soon. So uh, for our students and uh, teachers that are listening to the podcast right now, I'm going to quickly explain uh, what a processor is. It's in literally every single one of our devices. They're used for computation, getting more powerful by the year. It's a really important technology because it basically kind of brings in the tech space uh, as a whole. These computer processors, Intel's 12th generation Alder Lakes, are going to be arriving soon and they're changing paths uh, from having uh, CPU cores, which are um, little segments on the CPU die itself, which compute power themselves, to a hybrid design, which has both efficiency cores and performance cores. So that basically means that efficiency cores would do less work um, technically, but they do it in a more efficient way and with less power. And then the normal cores that um, we've had, we've seen CPUs have uh, for a while now. Apple took the same approach on their M1 CPUs, and it seems that AMD did the same. So Intel's just joining them now. What do you think, Drew, what do you think benef- Like, what do you think the benefits would be to having these efficient cores in uh, products like laptops or mobile having phones. like the the hybrid cores yes um i think it definitely it'll help out a lot with the the processing of mm-hmm. the uh computers and stuff because maybe people who prefer gaming they can use they'll be able to use those performance, high performance yeah. cores more so than like whenever you're just doing schoolwork it'll be using the lower performance cores mm-hmm. and you probably won't have to spend as much money on like cooling as you would with older computers mm-hmm. because you have to get good cooling because the cores are all running the same yeah really no matter what you're doing but with this it'll be just it's only half the, less power draw yeah mm-hmm. less power draw which means the power supplies you won't spend as much money on as well mm-hmm. it's just it's a lot of benefits really mm-hmm. also battery life if you think about it too like the amount of times where your phone is using 90 to 100 percent of your cpu usage just on running simple things like chrome just because you have a bunch of tabs open this hybrid system i think would be really good in the mobile space because it would mean switching from you know because at this point we we're not looking for things to be faster anymore we already have things that are so fast uh so we're looking into hybrid models like the cpu cores to kind of have a little bit of leeway when it comes to battery life versus power yeah so it's definitely something that will um last a while i think and i don't think we'll move away from hybrid stuff for a long time as well as mm-hmm. like with cars because yeah. a lot of cars are becoming hybrid too mm-hmm. it's just kind of the, the thing of the future 21st century mm-hmm. talking about chips and processors so if you haven't heard of this you're either living under a rock or um are really not well versed in the tech space but or even the car space so there's a chips short that happened uh, during COVID. Problem is there's one monopoly. I don't know. It's in some Asian country. Um, the company is called TSMC and they are the number one producer of chips because of shutting down their factories that caused them a really big backlog of chip creation. And also the uh, raw resources to make these chips have gotten into a shortage themselves. And so this chip shortage is predicted to last until 2023. Uh, so that means we're going to have basically a whole year and a half of more expensive comp- 
computers, more expensive cars. And this news basically comes from a recent Intel's earning report that show low laptop sales caused by the chip shortage. Now, I don't know how they deemed it was caused by the chip shortage, but yeah, I, I honestly don't know how they could kind of calculate that. But it's, it is really interesting, I yeah. think. Um, and this will definitely affect a lot of the high schoolers now because they're all going to be getting their licenses and trying mm-hmm. to get cars and it's going to be astronomically more yeah. expensive as well as people that like need computers for school or want computers for gaming because they have the money and they mm-hmm. want to be able to save up for something like that it's going to cost double what it used to like right now even like with because long term it'll get more and more expensive mm-hmm. with the chip shortage continuing even right now like with the graphics cards and computers oh, yeah. like a Being like a six hundred dollar graphics card is going for thirteen hundred dollars right now yeah and it's over two hundred to uh three hundred percent increase in price but that's also due to bitcoin and cryptocurrencies in general that are kind of causing that yeah um, i shouldn't say bitcoin because it's not a you can't mine bitcoin with uh cp or gpus anymore or graphics cards coins like ethereum that are still kind of mineable people are making a lot of money on those and it makes sense for the price to go up because of that but it's just annoying you know it makes it it makes sense for, i think that what they should start doing is looking into building graphics cards specifically for mining bitcoin and have mm. their like cryptos and have mm-hmm. those higher priced but keep the ones that are um more so for gaming and the people like the average users should you know stay closer to the general msrp of what they're producing where um like just yeah. like regular people are having to spend double mm-hmm. the price of a graphics card or even when they triple want in some cases yeah, yeah. For just be- just because people are taking advantage and of- making money with it yeah that's been happening since before the p- pandemic even um so it's kind of crazy to see that even after all this time the price fluctuations even though they did they have gone down a bit they're still um pretty high going back to what you said about uh, students buying like computers and technology i'm looking to get a laptop and it's really hard because uh either the ones that i want are like really overpriced or i think to, to myself oh i can build my own computer for cheaper yeah and, I, and that's not like the best mindset to have because obviously there's engineering costs that come with like a laptop you can't really build a laptop in that form factor yeah because the laptops they have way more compact yeah like stuff yeah. than uh, a computer and would. it requires a lot of engineering um to be done for those products so it's just interesting to kind of have like an idea of all of the prices increasing not just for uh, gpus or graphics cards but for ram and even things like the power supplies those have increased astronomically especially because of the chip shortage yeah so sucks talk i've got one thing just to jump back into gaming and still Mm -hmm. on the topic of consoles the ps5 just uh last week outsold the nintendo switch Mm -hmm. breaking their 33 month straight streak of the best-selling console wow that's honestly amazing because i don't know how many people i know have nintendo switches whether that's the uh new one that they got or the nintendo switch Lite, but 33 months that's insane for even uh, a company to have that like long of a streak so and that's holding the highest grossing console at the time which is like just an insane number but it it definitely makes sense because the ps5s are they're starting to ramp up production more and they're coming in more frequently so they're able to get them out uh, Mm -hmm. a bit easier and not have to deal with the uh chip extra 500 dollars for buying it out outside of playstation yeah, for sure. 
um, and Best Buy's doing their own deals where they're uh, bundling PS5s with like a membership to their yeah they're uh, bundling with like a membership a mm-hmm. gift card a, like a controller games yeah uh, a VR they're just trying to throw as many things in as they can where mm-hmm. like normal people would look at it and be like I can't afford that then they just want the normal console but then the mm-hmm. people who are still looking to get it and they're like that's a good deal and then they get it yeah Best Buy and a, a lot of companies have been doing recently is making products as a monthly payment instead yeah. of having like a one time payment they've been making plans to especially uh best buy and even tesla there's some uh features on teslas and other electric vehicles that require a monthly payment to be processed uh and that's just really consumer that's really unattractive because that's adding to like a bill at the end of the day but some people say it's better because instead of one big payment you're paying a little bit every month yeah, so it makes it well. The reason they're doing it is because, um, since the everything is so overpriced and like no one really makes enough money to pay for that type of stuff, since everything's going up and you no know, pay wages really aren't changing much, mm-hmm. um, they're realizing that. And so, what they're doing is they're making that month by month payment so you can actually afford something like that and calculate it into all your other subscriptions or bills mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, and it's working too, it's working really well, yeah. um, for the companies. Talking about PS5s, let's move to the green space. So so Microsoft announced their new 2 terabyte and 512 gigabyte Seagate storage expansion cards for the Xbox Series X and S. These drives are NVMe drives, which are basically much fa- faster than the proprietary SATA drives or even hard drives. Um, so you'll be getting data transfers that are much higher in the ranges of like 1600 megabytes per second. But the thing is, they're going to sell these drives for around $400 MSRP. And is that for the 2 terabyte? That's or? That is for the 2 terabyte okay. one but um keep in mind that uh the same nvme drives that you can find like that are made at the same by the same companies are like 120 bucks they're well really? they're they're around 200 for the two terabyte ones but for the gotcha. one terabyte ones they, they are around yeah uh, 120 and i think that's kind of crazy like i would assume a some type of markup would be understandable um just because it's coming straight from microsoft yeah and they have to do their own qc and things like that but 200 dollars more like well, here's what my recommendation for something like that would be is this was what i currently do mm-hmm. is instead of buying that overpriced thing get if you want to if you have that much money to spend on extra hardware then mm-hmm. you can probably go buy a eight terabyte drive for the same price mm-hmm. so what you do is you get that eight terabyte drive you get an extra Internal case for that internal hard drive you put it in the external case and you can just plug it in with the usb and it works the same yeah and um the xbox series x has and the s they both have usb ports right yeah so you're just sacrificing one port for that's the what price i that's what i do with my current uh my xbox one is i have mm-hmm. an extra one terabyte drive because i'm working on building a pc mm-hmm. so i have um i'm just getting parts and i had the hard drive and i was like i'll use it while i have it so that's smart yeah that's much a, that's like a much more economical situ- uh, or formation to kind of do instead of paying that much. Then you get more storage. Out yeah, you do for the price. So there's that. I'm going to hop back into the Apple's new MacBook M1 Pro and their M1 Max. So these were released, I think, a week or two ago. Um, in their product announcement uh, video and there's a lot to unpack here because a lot of people in the tech space uh, say that this is one of Apple's biggest like productive moves to a laptop that 
everyone would want to own. Yeah. A lot of people did not like the touch bars on the previous MacBooks, and they took away the touch bar, and then they put in a 1080p web- webcam. They also added s- speakers and a sound system, which apparently sounds really good, as well as that there's like six different speakers in the laptop, which is insane to how they like put them all in a small like form factor. Um, and apparently they can get really loud. They added an SD card slot, an HDMI port, and they have three Thunderbolt 4 ports. And then they also added a MagSafe power connector, um, which is apparently it was like a fan favorite for um, Apple MacBooks to have that magnetic power connector. But you can still charge with the Thunderbolt ports. I think that's really interesting. I wasn't really happy with the price of them. Uh, they start, steep, yeah, yeah, they start at like $2,000. I don't know how I feel about that. I think that especially for students uh, like us that are going to go to people who want a yeah. laptop to be able to do schoolwork on mm-hmm. is to either do schoolwork much. on or if they ha- want to get a laptop for like college or something you already are about to have a lot of expensive with college in yeah. general so dishing out like an extra 800 to 1200 dollars for something that's uh brand new i just don't know yeah even with all the pros like it has 120 hertz in um display everything's going to be so much smoother on it um they added the the notch that yep. is uh, notorious from the, all the infamous X notch. Yes, the X notch uh, to the actual display, and um, I've, I mean, obviously, the criticism came back. A lot of people didn't like that, but they said it was because the webcam. They wanted to make the webcam look better, and the webcam does look better on this new macbook m1 uh but i just don't know if it was worth it yeah i'm not personally that bugged by the notch i mean on the iphone it's kind of like is it really You'll necessary get used to it. Like, yeah, yeah but... you get used to it but it's like is it really necessary because it literally just holds your your wireless connection and mm-hmm. what your service provider is and it's kind of useless mm-hmm. but then with the uh the laptop it's like about the same size as yeah. like what's on the phone maybe a little bit bigger but um there's like so much more space on the screen with just those two spots open like besides the notch so it mm-hmm. makes more sense to be on like a laptop more so than a phone because the phone is just kind of redundant. But mm-hmm. on a laptop, it definitely makes more sense. Yeah. And it also the laptop's aspect ratio or the size of its screen is like 16 by 10, which is a little bit uh, longer or taller, I should say. And I think that was a good move by Apple. The 16 by 10 aspect ratio is something uh, that's been kind of incorporated in new laptops and it's better for viewing things on like a browser. I kind of understand why they added the notch for that reason. Yeah. Uh, they're definitely over function over form when it comes to that because I think they they know the their demographic they know who's gonna buy the product so they make it as professional as possible um, especially with adding those that SD card reader and the um, HDMI port that removes so many yeah. requirements for dongles and things like that also the M1 chip has high performance cores as well as efficiency cores another uh, hybrid core yes another hybrid um, core CPU uh, so I thought that was really interesting as well in their keynote they advertised a really high battery percentage i think it was in the range of 11 hours straight of just video playing um yeah that's they're what they've done with this laptop is definitely a step in the right direction yeah. from what they've been doing mm-hmm. okay and other news the ddr5 is finally here so the ddr4 has been around since 2014 that's when it was released and now ddr5 desktop platforms are right around the corner to buy so what these are is it's the fifth generation of ddr um which stands for double data rate and what these do is they're located in all computational like tech nowadays and they're in your phones they're in your computers it's basically a form of 
of storage for random access memory that your CPU has to kind of like talk to. So the more tabs you can have open on Chrome or the more applications you can have open on your phone at one time kind of correlates with RAM. So the more RAM you have, the more like active storage you can have for memory. Yeah. Um, and, and so uh, you go, you go. All right. And then one uh, something with the... Uh the DDR5 RAM and the 12th gen processors that we were just talking about is that the 12th gen processors they're making, they're making them so they work with the DDR5 RAM. Mm. So um, the only thing that'll need to catch up with that is motherboards. Oh, because yeah. motherboards will still be behind mm. on that. Um, and I'm not sure how long that'll take for those to come out because the DDR5 is not going to be really useful until they can actually come out with those boards. Yeah, otherwise you won't be able to build yourself a computer or have one custom made for you. Or even through like OEMs just having something to buy from Dell. Like they would have to make their own proprietary um, motherboards that can only be used for their products. So it'd be interesting from like a gaming standpoint to see new motherboards that support that DDR5. Um, One thing to keep in mind is that these new um, platforms for platform modules for memory, they have the same 288-pin output or input from uh, the motherboard, but they have a different notch location. So it's going to be basically physically impossible to mistakenly put a DDR5 module in a motherboard that only supports DDR4. Uh, and the same thing is with DDR3. I'm pretty sure that they're probably going to move the uh, location of the little notch location um, every generation. That would just make the most sense so no yeah. one damages their components. And apparently there's going to be 50% more efficient and faster than DDR4. And one of those reasons is due to something called an onboard PMIC, which is the Power Management Integrated Circuit. Now, normally I'm pretty sure these are on the motherboard themselves. Yeah, they are. Um, and so having them closer to like literally on the platform module allows a more clear um, pass-through of power and a clean pass-through of power to the actual memory units so you'll get more efficient timings because of that and also it's better for like power management if that makes sense it's also it'll help the ram run a lot better as well because it's a more it's a direct power connection Mm -hmm. from the motherboard to the ram unit instead of the motherboard holding the power and then releasing it to each individual ram slot to power them it'll go straight into the ram and then the ram decides where it wants to put that power yeah those are gonna be really interesting to see in person i think uh whenever i get my hands on one of these But the problem is going to be when they do come out, they're probably going to be extremely expensive and probably even a little slower than our current DDR4 modules, uh, just because it's going to have to increase its uh, mega transfers per second to reach on par with what DDR4 is. Because you can buy like a kit of DDR4 uh, RAM and it would be like, you can get one like overclocked RAM, pre-overclocked and everything at like 5,000 megahertz. But these um, DDR5 modules i think start at around four thousand. so it's going to be and again uh rams like megahertz or mega transfers aren't a direct correlation with more efficient power or even uh faster like computation so it's going to be interesting to figure out which is worth more for like the bang of the of your buck yeah and i think i saw that the ddr5 ram is only going to be 50 percent more mm-hmm. or corsairs because corsair is coming out with a set of ddr5 ram it's only going to be 50 percent more than the ddr4 ram which is mm-hmm. still a significant jump but it's it definitely not as bad as you would think considering um all the issues on the tech space right now oh yeah 
Um, but uh, that'll definitely probably sell out within an hour. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely uh, see a lot of people buying them uh, to begin with, whether if it's... Um, even if it's not usable. Yeah, even if it's not usable. Just, just so they to, have it on hand yeah. whenever the motherboards come out to because support it. Because those might be out of stock um, when actual hardware is available to use the DDR5 for. Yeah. So that's that. Also, there's uh, an error correcting circuit built in. So normally, the RAM that we all basically use for our computers, they are unregistered, which means that they don't have an error correcting circuit, which means technically if there's like an error in how the RAM reads something, it just plays the error back. It won't fix itself. And the only reason you would technically need error correcting would be server side. So that's where you see registered RAM, which basically have their own ECC or error correcting circuit on the actual platform. And what I mean by platform is like the physical stick of RAM that you put in a computer. And so this basically adds a little bit of validity to uh, what you're doing if there's something that you're working on that's pretty mission critical. Um, it just makes uh, your RAM more valid and reliable in that aspect. But you won't see like real, like you really won't see too much of a difference between DDR5 and DDR4, I think. Yeah, not um, for a little bit until mm-hmm. stuff can actually catch up to what DDR5 is going to be able to do. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, like you have the operating system that you're running that has to adapt to it. Then you have the, if you're a gamer, you have the games that have to get adapted to it. Uh, you have the applications that have to get adapted to it. You have plugins that have to get adapted to it it's like a whole bunch of um you even have to wait for the the cpu to be able to process it Uh uh-huh and um companies that are making these motherboards have to um figure out whether they're gonna have these hybrid cpus only available for that socket for that motherboard or if they're gonna include older versions and how is how is like ddr5 gonna be more backwards compatible yeah and another issue going back with like the price stuff because when these new motherboards come out they'll be selling out super quickly super expensive and when the new 12th gen cpus come out mm-hmm. the intel ones that'll be supporting that ram are going to be super expensive and um it's just going to be like no one's really going to be able to like people will be excited to get the ddr5 ram because they're going to see it and they'll be like i can afford that but then mm-hmm. they see the motherboard price and the the cpu price and they're like i can't i can't yeah. get all of it because you have to get you're gonna have to get all three for them to even work the way they're intended to the good news is i think ddr4 prices will decrease uh once ddr5 yeah, gets won't. out i don't know how much but currently i'm running ddr3 so <laughs> nice. i'm running 16 gigabytes of ddr3 and I don't see any problem with it like now. Obviously, I'm going to want to uh, rebuild my computer to where I'll have either DDR4 or 5. But whenever um, I get a chance to start doing that, I'll definitely experiment with like the prices when it comes to 4 or 5. Yeah, so. I'm going to be getting DDR4 uh, for mine at the moment mm-hmm. so yeah um and for these like for these rams like dr4 versus three or four versus five it's really applicable on um applications like video editing yeah it really just depends on what you're doing with yeah, your computer it, it really depends on your workspace scenario so yeah that's it from my notes do you have anything else Ad? um well you had a lot of the notes i had so oh really yeah okay awesome uh that was a great talk i i had fun Drew. yeah i did too thank you for listening to the ridge talks podcast this was drew Manier and Ryan Ryan Maj. Hey everyone, it's Sydney DeRoja here with the FOF of the week. And if you do not know what that is, it is a challenge one of our very own teachers, Mr. Harrison here at the Ridge, started where we strive to do something for other people. Hence why it is called FOF or For Others Friday. This week's FOF is compliment a stranger. 